It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings defense saves the Vikings season. A fantastic performance for them and a win to get the Vikings in the win column for the first time in 2023. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings postcast. My name is Luke Braun. I'm here with Sam Ekstrom and Ron Johnson. This postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. An ugly one in Carolina, but hey, we take those. Wins are wins, and if we learned anything last year, it's that you don't have to give them back, and hey, uh, you, you don't get them back when you lose them on a bunch of turnovers, uh, which the Vikings did turn the ball over, had a couple of interceptions, but they also had a scoop and score on the other side, so being able to kind of match the Panthers' mistake for mistake uh, helped out. I, for me, the, the headline, though, is that the defense gave up only three points that didn't come off of turnovers and only six points total. One short field field goal and one other field goal. That's all the defense gave up for the entire mm -hmm. game. And then, of course, the pick six was the Panthers' only touchdown. That's a phenomenal defensive performance that really makes a lot of other stuff forgivable. But what about you guys? Um, Ron, what is, what is your headline for this one? Five sacks. When you look at the defense getting five sacks, Harrison Smith had a big day. Finally seeing Davenport. I think everybody was wondering yeah. what back Marcus Davenport. And when you watch that ISO shot of him, that first, I think it was the first sack, the spin move. I mean, the kid mm -hmm. is really good, and so he shows why they need him on that defense. He does add a lot more pressure. He does add, add another guy outside of uh, Daniel Hunter. And then being able to, to utilize the defensive back's uh, ability with his ability to have the quarterback with four, and I think that's the key is they don't have to always blitz when you have Marcus Davenport out there. But his knock has always been can he stay healthy, so this is game one. Hopefully yeah. now we can get him the rest consistency of the consistency thing. What about you, Sam? Yeah, by far their worst offensive performance of the year, and they somehow get a win. A little alarming how closely they played against a Carolina team that is a long way away from being competitive. So there's the negative. The positive is it counts in the win column. You get a victory, mm -hmm. and you are opportunistic enough in the second half to get past a bad team that has a lot of issues on both sides of the ball. Um, and to, to tack on one more headline, Run game has come together oh, yeah. for the Vikings. Two weeks in a row, very efficient. And Cam Akers with a beautiful debut. So plenty to nitpick in this one for the Vikings. But the let's take the, the glass half full approach here and appreciate a victory where, again, you didn't necessarily deserve it the way you played, but you come away with it after several weeks where we felt like the Vikings played well enough to win. They just turned the ball over too much. And today they pry a win away on a day when they didn't play their best. And, and they win by eight points here. And it's one of those games where the Panthers driving at the end would have had to get a touchdown, a two point conversion, a stop the other way and one in overtime. So if you look at like win probability and, and kind of the analytics based off of that, most serious analytics people will say that game wasn't really as close as, you know, a, a three point squeaker on a last minute field goal or something like that. There's kind of degrees to this. Um, but honestly, it still kind of feels a little bit stolen because of the, the turnovers and the mistakes that the offense made and, and drives that the Panthers had. I mean, the, um, I believe the scoop and score happened on a, a pretty long drive. The Panthers was, had a penalty, did they not? Where they were about to get inside the Vikings 15, I think. 
then a penalty knocked them back, set up a less advantageous down a distance, and that's when the scoop and score happened. They were right. extremely there fortunate was a, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was an ineligible downfield on a screen. And then on first and 15, they got a tackle for loss. So it was second and 17. And then you pin your ears back. Harrison Smith gets a really big uh gets a really big hit on him and DJ Wanham scoops and scores. How about Harrison Blitz though? Three sacks, hat trick for the old for the old Wiley vet. Yeah, when you look at Harrison Smith, I mean, I think he's only had like one other game of two sacks or something like that. I'm not sure the exact number. Um, but we've we talked about this. When you have this many safeties between him and Josh Metellus, Theo Jackson, whoever's gonna be out there, Cam Bynum, somebody has to be able to get after the quarterback from the back end as well, because you don't keep that many safeties on the roster if you're not gonna use them in these type of scenarios. Mm -hmm. And we see it work out today. And Sam's right. This is the worst offensive perform performance we've seen Kirk Cousins have in a while, and they still won. So honestly. Kirk Cousins being the number one quarterback in the NFL, Justin Jefferson being the number one receiver, I'm pretty sure the Vikings fans would rather have Kirk Cousins throw for under 200 yards the rest of the season and the Vikings win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I got to disagree with uh, not good gamer in the comments. I thought Bryce Young had about the ugliest 25 of 32 that I've ever <laughs> seen. I mean, the offense it's, collectively yeah. for Carolina had 3.4 yards per play and four yards per pass attempt. It was dink and dunk city. That's all he could do. There was nothing downfield. Adam Thielen's got to be incredibly frustrated to be in that offense. And, and Bryce Young is in no way giving them the best chance to win. I think Andy Dalton, who hung 361 up on Seattle last week, definitely would have would have done more against that Viking secondary. Young looked very skittish, you know, quick to check down, not great under pressure. So I, I disagree with uh, you know, the, that assessment, I think he had a rough game and the Vikings took advantage and mm -hmm. he didn't know what to do in the face of those safety blitzes. It was a very, like the, the Panthers have a very slow offense. And I remember seeing that in their game against the saints and, and in other games that I watched kind of preparing for this one, thinking like, man, everything like develops so slowly. Um, we should be able to force some mistakes or at least, you know, get some hits on him. And, and sure enough, they were able to get five sacks on him. Um, and, I, with Bryce Young, like I, I do think I agree that Andy Dalton probably gives them a better chance to win this game, but I definitely see the idea of like get your young guy out there. And and I think the problem with the Panthers right now is just sort of loose execution and tightening that up with experience and getting them chemistry and playing together. I think it's probably better for them in the long term. So I definitely get it. And and I don't think the Panthers uh were really looking at this season as it it was gonna be anything. I mean, if this is a developmental year for Bryce Young, you just hope he comes along. Um how about uh, Adam Thielen's day? Does, does anybody have his final stat line handy? Because it seemed like he was like he is just their go-to guy, uh, and he was heated at the end over some penalty or something. He thought was he thought to it was intentional grounding last. on the final play. Oh, he was yeah. he was lobbying for an intentional <laughs> grounding. He was That's like, "There's no one over there." But yeah, he, he finished with eight targets, seven catches, 76 yards. So, I mean, clearly, you know, he wanted to have a big day. He wanted to get an end zone. He probably had a gritty prepare to do in honor of Justin oh. Jefferson, his teammate. <laughs> um, but he, he didn't do it. Like, the Vikings did a good job. I think Harrison Smith hit him hard a couple of times. You know, like, to, to, I think guys were like, you know, you talked all this stuff. And we finally actually get to hit you. And so it, it's one of those things where they hit him hard. But then it was, some, it was some friendly, you know, banter after the fact. And they made sure to, you know, pick him up. But, you know, within the lines, everything was pretty much cordial throughout the game. But he definitely didn't have – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he wanted to have a 100-plus game and a touchdown or two, and that didn't happen for him. But it was a, it was a solid, decent day.
Yeah, seem seemed like he got banged up um, on that hit by Harrison Smith where he got his ankle twisted. That's something we saw a decent amount in those last couple of years with the Vikings, just those little nagging injuries yeah. that would pop up. Cam He's Bynum leveled up. him earlier in the game. I mean, he lowered the shoulder and, and blasted him on a catch over the middle. Harrison Smith was prepared to do the same, and then the throw was behind him. Uh, so the Vikings didn't take it easy on their, their old teammate Adam Thielen, but I thought Thielen looked like by far the Panthers' best receiver in this game. Uh, mm. But most of his production was early. Didn't see much from him late. Seemed like the Vikings were pretty honed in on him, and the Panthers moved like they moved the chains, but it never felt like they were a serious threat to score. Vikings' red zone defense, very good today. Can we have a conversation about uh, Cam Bynum? Speaking of Bynum, he's a, what a top three defender on this defense, a top two defender on this. This dude is killing it every single week. He's really taken a step forward as a safety. Like I'm genuinely excited to have him as a starter in the future. Yeah, I mean he has twelve. He had twelve tackles today, so he's he's extremely solid. I think you know when Harrison Smith moves on, if Cam Bynum's the guy they want to make, you know the focal point of the safeties, um, he he fits the bill, and he's doing a he's doing the, uh, a great job of learning. You can, you, I mean we've we've had him yeah. on, uh, locked on before, and he talked about learning from Harrison Smith, how he's learned, how he's learned how to disguise stuff. And I think Brian Flores is just going to take, you know, help take his game to the next level. Um, the other thing about Cam Bynum, too, that I think is key is the moment is never too big. He's a former cornerback, mm -hmm. so he never lets the moment get bigger than him as far as what route combination is coming up. If he has to cover a guy man-to-man, -man, he never seems out of place. And the key thing for safeties, if we're not talking about them a lot, it actually means they're probably doing their job because we're not actually saying, like, man, this dude, this dude is getting beat like a drum. His guy's wide open. Cam Bynum just makes plays, you know, 12 tackles, silent 12 tackles. Like he had a couple big hits, but you wouldn't have put him on 12 tackles and he did. Yeah, Bynum crashing down to, you know, close down run plays or get receivers out of bounds. And then Smith in the box blitzing, doing what he does best. That's just a great tandem with Bynum, that high safety, Smith, the, the box guy. I love that dynamic. I love what Josh Metellus is bringing definitely the Vikings best position group on this team, that deep safety group that doesn't even include, uh, you know, Theo Jackson, the potential of Lewis seen at some point. So you got to like what you see there and really compliment all three levels today. Like we mm -hmm. said, not a productive Panthers offense at all. And, you know, the pass rush and coverage seemed to be pretty well married today. Coverage kept everything in front of them, forced a lot of third downs pass rush showed up. I mean, Ron, it was Ron's story of the game five sacks and the Marcus Davenport impact guys. Now you have two legitimate pass rushers on the edge, which you hadn't for the first three games. Yeah. And, and some big plays from Ivan pace. Yeah. And, and the sad thing about the, that Marcus Davenport, if I, I wonder what the first three games could have been like if he was there, because mm -hmm. I think that's what everybody's wondering is and, where's the pass rush, where are they going to get pass rush from? And he wasn't able to make the first two games or three games. So that's that's what really burns. I think a lot is like, man, this guy is actually pretty good compared to, you know, what people try to say. Is he a bus yet? Is he this? No, he's he's really good. Yeah. He just was hurt. And it was a, a weird injury on a non like full go day. Like it was just one of those like freak mm -hmm. accidents that sucks. Uh, but you brought up Ivan Bates Jr. I heard, heard them talk about him. All-American out of Cincinnati, 5'10", 230 pounds. He plays way faster. I mean, I think it was like a screen or an outside stretch run play, and it looked like he was moving through traffic a lot faster than everybody else to get to the running back and make the tackle. And so I think what he's going to bring as he learns the defense too is he's going to bring a lot more speed. Um, you know, he's going to give uh, Flores flexibility as well. When you see him in um, 
us and Mo on the field together. He gives them some speed, yeah. flexibility within some of these teams they're going to face coming up. I mean, honestly, like the like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a team where you need to put speed on the field because they're going to throw the ball. And you got to have a guy maybe they can chase down. Uh, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes. And so Ivan Pace Jr. or Brian Asamoah could be those guys that do that. Importantly, the Vikings also covered the spread, which you can find at FanDuel. America's number one sports book right now. If you're new to FanDuel, you can get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. Don't even have to win the $5 bet. You just get 200 bucks in bonus bets for uh, per, just for participating. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is a great time to do it. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on kick off the NFL season. You can do all kinds of things like betting on the Vikings to cover the spread. You can bet on the Vikings opponent for a nice emotional hedge where at least you win something. If you get your heart broken, I certainly am guilty of that kind of thing or player props, whatever. Justin Jefferson gets two TDs, uh, 85 yards hits. That's his under on. <laughs> I think his yardage total was 100.5 at FanDuel. So he didn't get that, but he did get the anytime touchdown or even a two touchdown score. If you really wanted to get spicy once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose just one $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of the NFL. So uh, a pedestrian 85 yards for Justin Jefferson. It's like his worst game in like 10 games, and it's still like 85 and two scores. But he did finally hit the end zone. So, or he hit it once last week, but, you know, at least almost, we, there's almost had the trifecta, owners. right? Because he yeah. scored, and this would be the story of the game. That's right. He's lost. He scored on the opening drive before disaster struck. Once again, with the Kirk Cousins pick six. So almost a three TD day for Jefferson. He uh, hit the defensive back with the Pat Beverly too small celebration. After that was the so funny. One. Great YOLO ball by Kirk recognizing the flag and putting it yeah, that was a just up to his best receiver. He mossed him. That was a really fun play. And the only guy that showed up for the Vikings in the receiving game, Hawkinson, Osborne, Addison, were almost collectively shut out in this one, Ron. Just a really quiet day for the Vikings receivers, except for JJ. Yeah, and speaking back to the fan duel parlay, I know on the on the round table, my parlay was that they would win every quarter. One quarter, the first quarter, seven to nothing, they lost it. So oh. that parlay could have paid out. Um, and it was a pick six. So that, that's why you play the game people it, it three mm -hmm. quarters out of four they hit it so I, I don't know i'm gonna see the chiefs but i'm already scorned by this win every quarter thing because uh the vikings could have had it they were this close to paying out that parlay and i think it was plus 1900 plus 1900 yeah. was a pick six so ten dollars could have got you 190 dollars and kirk cousins threw a pick six so that didn't happen but uh yeah sam the receivers it was i mean it wasn't just their fault though kirk cousins had a quiet day so it's gonna it's gonna trickle down you know like it, it's gonna go down to like who is he gonna go to the most in the situation it's gonna be justin jefferson when you look at the rest of the guys on the list um it just wasn't even a lot of targets like addison only had one target uh acres had two targets kj osborne had two targets and Hodkinson had three justin jefferson had nine so the targets just weren't there he only threw the ball 19 times 12 completions a lot uh, of running more Felt like more like a um like a Tanner Morgan type of day. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's what PJ Fleck would be happy with. Tanner Morgan, if you go 12 for 19 and we win the game, two touchdowns, the two interceptions are not good, but that's what we want to do. Um, I was gonna say, you know what? I kind of missed the the second interception. Did that go off of somebody's helmet or something? He got hit as he threw. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell what happened. Yeah. I was, it was uh Ed Ingram let up let up a pressure and and he got so hit as he Ed threw, so Ingram. it floated. Okay. 
Because I saw um, the float, and then I saw the I saw them mention Ed Ingram, so I thought maybe it hit off Ed Ingram. But yeah. nope, it was Ed Ingram's guy. So then my question to you, then Luke and Sam, Ed Ingram, is it Dalton Reisner time next week? Guess not. Could have been. They had him ready. They had him. They had him rotating in in practice all week, and then they decided that he wasn't better than than Ed Ingram, and and they got to live with that choice. Um, I don't know. I in in what I watched when we signed him. I get why they're hesitant to put him in because as, as ugly as these Ingram losses are, go watch some Dalton Reisner in, Bron- in uh, Denver last year. You'll see some of the same. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Everybody can kind of take their piece of, of blame for the passing offense. Right. But I, I do think that the running offense being very good and the fact that, I mean, they were just running it down their throats. It's like, yeah, why, why pass more than 20 times? They can't stop this. We keep getting first downs. And both Madison and Cam Akers had good days on the ground. Um, the, the Cam Akers change of pace thing felt so good. Like, I felt so yeah. useful. Yeah. I loved it. I loved Cam Akers today. Like I think I think this is the RB2 we've been waiting for and maybe yeah. the RB like 1A 1B dynamic. Like the w- the work share today it was 17 to 5 in carries Madison versus Akers. Akers also had two Akers receptions. Did two drives. Um was that it just two full drives? Yeah, they were long so he, drives and he got a lot of usage on them. But yeah, yeah two drives and that, so he he has just replaced Ty Chandler like one for one. Totally. Um, I love, I loved him. I mean, the burst that he had, like the first step was quick. He fell forward, even though he's not the biggest guy. I thought that he was mm-hmm. really tough with his yards. Uh, so give me 10 to 12 touches of that every game. And and that it, it was, and, and it wasn't just acres either. I want to give flowers to Madison who was super efficient, 17 carries, 95 yards, and not like one giant run either, just consistent, quality successful runs 5.6 yards per carry so love that run offense love the run defense today vikings trenches felt a little better there is that pesky ingram problem and i worry or not not worry i wonder like how much the team values what he does in the run game because he has been Mm -hmm. better as a run blocker this year as well and that's not dalton reisner's strength as much so i'm very curious to see how this progresses and against kansas city much different class of football team, what they'll do next week. There is something with O-line. I think it's sort of a similar thing that we've discussed with Bradbury for the last, what, four or five years, where you'll have two or three really visible, bad, gnarly, ugly losses, just like horrific losses, and then 25 good plays. And I think that there's a genuine debate, you know, if you want to ask like the quants, right? If you want to ask... I, I like, I know a reef feels this way and like analytics people feel that like, well, on offensive line, you're kind of expected to hold up in pass pro. And we only really do judge you by how many times you fail. And I think that there is like some opposition to that in the Vikings. I, I, I think that they really do value like, Hey, if you're going to be bad for two plays, but good for 30, we're okay. We're better uh, with that than we are kind of average for 30 plays. And then maybe you're, you know, you, you take five losses, but they're not as ugly, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's why it's it's not Reisner. But look, he's still in the building, and he's still, we'll see if what they do in practice. We'll see if they continue to have competition and stuff. Like, this is a very much, like, on-notice kind of situation. Um, rough play on the interception. There was one really rough TFL that I saw. Those are the only two I picked out live. But that's, I mean, things go fast. I, <laughs> I need to sit down and watch it 
to really know. But I, I mean, I picked out two of them live that were pretty rough. Yeah. Let, let, I want to talk about the interception. I want Ron's take. Ron, what, uh, just watching the pick six that Kirk threw, was that mm. just a late delivery or a really good play by the defensive back? What, what did you see wrong on that? I, w- I would put it a little bit more to a late delivery. If you know you're going to go to the flat, you go now. Like when you mm. when you have bunch and you can't see that defender because you don't know if he's because I think in his mind he's like oh he's wide open nobody's guarding the flat if you don't see the defender but you know you want the flat you go now um, so that's what you do but my final thought before I get out of here man is that like Kirk Cousins uh, didn't have the best day and that was like a sign of some of the things to come like he has to be able to deliver that ball when you see the bunch guy move and you have KJ Osborne for half a second one you throw him to the pylon. And then two, you throw it now. And he kind of threw it like behind him and it allowed for the pick six. So, I mean, moving forward next week, my thoughts on this team is Marcus Davenport. Like I want to see him in game two. I want to see him get after Patrick Mahomes. Can this defense confuse Patrick Mahomes enough to slow them down? Because that's the key tonight. When you're watching this Jets-Chiefs game is what happens next with them. And can the Vikings do what the Jets possibly could do to the Chiefs? Yeah. Really tough test coming up next week. uh, Thanks, as Ron has to take off, that will do it for us as well here on the Locked On Vikings postcast. So you can find this, uh, you can always just go replay it on YouTube, but we are live every single week after the game. So come on over to the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube page if you want to come live, and uh, you can go get dunked on by Sam Ekstrom in the chat if you're interested in that, uh, or me if you say something stupid enough. <laughs> you can, of oh, course, find... Sorry. It- no, we we love the engagement. Truly, yeah. No, I don't. Wanna, I, mean, I, don't I don't want to turn anyone away. I don't want. No, no, yeah, no. Come, don't, yeah, don't come, say things come I disagree join, with, or I will come join you. conversation. Right. Uh, you can find me and Sam and Ron Johnson on Thursdays on the uh, Minnesota Football Party, and uh, Sam and I are there Mondays as well. You can also find this postcast on the Lockdown Vikings audio feed, as well as my show every Monday through Friday. See you guys next time. One and three feels good. Skull Vikings and. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.